All right, we have some quick text messages to get through. I've got one here, and it was relating to the story that I uh, shared on COVID and my little sister. Oh, sounds and, good. Uh, but how they're also, you know, there's a potential of not lockdown in New South Wales from the two cases that they've found. And this is this is what someone has written in. They said, you would think that the logical thing to do is to isolate the two people and not the city, <laughs> town or state, which has been proven over and over again by the CDC reports that it doesn't work. They won't <laughs> even listen to their own research, can only um, can only tell um, that there is another agenda going on. Okay, I think that's an interesting text message. It is. It's, it's very, uh, very... Uh, very cutting to, to the point, very yeah. direct. I, I don't want to use the word confrontational, but it's it's very... Um, he's not pulling any punches here. And I essentially, like, this is this is how I see it, is that... How do you see it, Lord? This is, this is, this is, just, this is just my thoughts. And you can comment on, on okay. this too, Sharissa, if you have thoughts if as I well. If I have thoughts. But this is my... Which I believe you do I'm as sure well. they're there somewhere waking up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But essentially, okay, so they, they made the point that lockdowns don't work. And in, in a lot of ways, there is very negative aspects to lockdown, particularly from the perspective of, of economic startlement and, and, you know, struggles in that way. At the same time, like, and, and I think the best um, country to observe in this sense is Japan, um, because, like, they are proving that lockda- lockdowns do work and not locking down isn't working. Of course, Japan has the Olympics coming up and they've been going through a series of controlled lockdowns into Japan, particularly in Tokyo, where they've gone like, all right, we're going to have a two-week full lockdown. Mm. Um, and, you know, everyone's... Because it's two weeks, yep. everyone's going to get over COVID. Yep. And then we're gonna, we're all going to come back. And because we need to make sure that we're ready for the not Olympics. Not a three-day lockdown, not you know, a four-day lockdown. They're like, no, we're going to do two, two, weeks, two weeks. Hard lockdown. Hard lockdown, like extremely strict. But then we're going to come back because okay. they're like, we need to get ready for the Olympics. But what they're finding is they'll go into lockdown and the COVID numbers will plummet. Like, mm. fully. Like, the COVID numbers, like, the recorded cases, everything will go right down. That will be followed by, okay, now our COVID numbers have plummeted. We can control it. It's all good. We'll open back up, you know, controlled release, all that stuff. And then the numbers shoot back up again. Now, the biggest problem in Japan, and particularly with Tokyo, is that it's the most uh, population-dense city in the world, mm. which makes any disease, but particularly COVID, because it's airborne and contagious, uh, really hard to manage. Mm-hmm. And so... What we're seeing here is like that lockdowns can work mm-hmm. um, and that there are p- specific situations where not having a lockdown is not working. So it, it goes both ways. Uh, but I understand what, what the, the person who texted in is saying here as well from the perspective of it is one or two people. Mm. They can self-isolate. Yeah. And, you know, now that like we have like the, the apps on our phones that let us know, like my sister herself who was in that space, then she goes and self-isolates and yeah, it's all good. Yeah, but then... I'm, yeah, I'm really curious to know if your sister tests positive. Yeah, this is this is that's, the, that's this the, is the breaking case. headline. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we have to Stay see. tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> is she gonna ha- she's having a COVID she's ha- test. Yeah, having yeah. a COVID test and everything and, and I guess we'll see for her. But like she's definitely staying in isolation for the time being. And that's that's yeah. ultimately like that is the... That is the ultimate solution. Unfortunately, the problem is two, two problems. You can have COVID without knowing it, yeah. and you can also have COVID and not care. That's <laughs> like the two biggest issues that we have is like, because self-isolation is the ultimate answer yeah. because it's like, I, I have COVID, I'll just go away um, and I'll self-isolate. 
but there is, you know, people won't do that. People won't do that. And then it spreads. And that's when the government has to stand in and say, oh, because you won't do that. And it's again, for two reasons. One is ignorance and the other is uh, willful ignorance. Um, The government has to stand in and create those lockdowns. So I guess, you know, We'll, we'll see what happens with this. Sure. And then, then you know, uh, to guess I dress the part we're about an agenda, well, listen, maybe there is. I guess it'll play out. All we need to do is be close to Jesus, mm. honestly. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to get into our 20 million movement encounter with God. All right. <laughs> so, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, ready. We were doing some 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 studying. I was cramming some before this. <laughs> <laughs> Getting into it. Okay, so we've been going through. You know, our topic for this week has been covenant faith, and we're going to get into today the faith of Abraham. And I think the reason we are the reason why Abraham is a good place to go to is because Abraham is, I believe, the first real object lesson of what the covenant looks like. We have the object lesson of the sanctuary, and that's what we've been talking about so far, and then how Jesus himself fulfills the sanctuary, how he becomes the sacrifice. Mm. Um, but I think... And Abraham what, comes before the sanctuary Exactly. Is given. And I think what Abraham gives us is a really amazing insight into our part to play. And yeah, how like that. our part to play, but also how it's different from God's. Yes. That's where like Abraham, it's just, the story of Abraham, particularly Genesis 15, which we're going to get into, really underscores mm. is what is God actually doing and what do we do and what do we not have to do? Um, and how, you know, how is God dealing with the problem of sin? So we're going to get into Genesis chapter 15 and, you know, like we're going to just read probably from verse one. I really want to jump into the story. I think it's an amazing story. I think it's a really beautiful story. Um, and we're just going to to read some verses. So let's start in Genesis 15, um, verse 1, and maybe 1 to 3, if you could read that for us. Sure. The Bible says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, am I reading too far? I'm just getting carried away in the story. Oh, no, it's so good. No, that's that's perfect. Okay, so Abraham makes this point to God. I would say that Abraham at this point in his life, he's like, he is peaking. He is the most wealthy that he's ever been. He is the most powerful that he's ever been. He's just come off the most crazy, outrageous, you know, battle and rescue of Lot by, you know, him and 300 men taking on like the biggest kingdoms in the world at that time. A coalition of kingdoms who are warring, who are taking land, who are doing all these things. Abraham takes them on. Yeah. And wins. Like Abraham just is incredible. Like God is really blessing him at this point. He's having an amazing spiritual experience. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So Abraham, he's at the peak of his life. He's having an amazing spiritual experience. He, he knows God. He's following God's plan for himself and his life. Um, and he says to God, he's like, listen, um, I'm I don't, not, I'm childless. I am childless. Uh, this, this is terrible. Uh, God, what is, what is going on here? And God makes the point to Abraham, but he's like, 
listen. Well, we're going to read about it. Let's let's. Well, but before we get into it, yeah. what, 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 what well, were you going to say? I was just um, just bringing out, as you highlighted there, you know, he, he sees a problem. I am childless, and who's going to be my heir? And the reason this is such a problem is because I'm just remembering in Genesis chapter 12, God had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land I will show you, I will make you a great nation. Mm. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So he knew that this is this covenant promise that God's made to him. Yeah. And how's God going to fulfill it? Yeah. But the secret was already in the promise. Mm. Yeah. Five times God said, <laughs> I will, I will, I uh-huh, will, I uh-huh, will. Uh-huh. Dude, that is so, so good. And it, Abraham points out, he's like, oh, who will be my heir? Eliezer of Damascus. He's not even my son. He's trying to bend the rules to try and help God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which is, oh, man, there is so much reflection of us in that, you know, in in our experience with God. But essentially, yeah, this is where Abraham's at. Well, at this point, he's still Abram. And he's just saying, listen, God, like... Something needs to come together here. Like, well, you know, God, I can help you out by making uh, Eliezer my heir, but I have no offspring. Mm. I have no... How am I going to become, you know, the... Great how nation. am I offspring? Yeah, great nation. The, the, the stars of the sky, the sand of the sea, my people filling the whole earth. How is that going to happen when I don't even have kids? Yeah. And I can't even have kids. He's, he's married and he's not having kids, um, which is, you know, well, we see that as a problem even today. It's something that you would go to, to your doctor about, you know, in this time, they didn't uh, necessarily have people who could help them uh, mm-hmm. solve this issue. And so he's he's going to the only person he can go to. It's a big deal in the Middle East, especially. Oh, yeah. I uh, have some friends, Syrian friends, and they, mm. they see me and like, how many kids do you have? And I have none. <laughs> and they're like, I have six kids. <laughs> I have four. I have seven. I was like, I have none. And then I remind them that a lady named Susanna Wesley, she had 19. Oh, wow. Yeah, anyway, that's slightly off topic. But <laughs> good, good All right, so then God responds. Yes. God ultimately gives his response here. And verse 4, do you want to read for us sure. just verse 4 and 5? The Bible says, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your descendants be. Okay, so God responds here. And you know what is so interesting about God's response? Is that God gives Abraham like no basis of proof for his response. Now this is this is important. Let, let me let me just unpack this idea. Yeah, do that. God God doesn't like come to him with, you know, oh, but look what I've already done. God doesn't come with him with, oh, but you know, you'll see a sign and he points him to the stars, but he makes a completely baseless claim. Just you know, if you took this verse in a vacuum, he makes a baseless claim that actually no Abraham you will have kids. Mm. Your descendants will come for your own body. And furthermore, they will be more than the stars of the sky. That's his backdrop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. It's, uh, which, you know, we at the time, like, Abraham could look up in the stars in the sky, he couldn't even count them. We know, like, in, in 2021, the magnitude of that promise that he, he was talking about. Millions, millions. In, in fact, now we know that there are billions and quadrillions and quintillions of stars. But yeah, he's like, listen, Abraham, you'll have I, an, an innumerable amount of descendants. Yeah. What's, what's interesting about this when he brings him out and says, look to heaven, is in verse 5 he says that, look up to heaven and count the stars. But then in verse 12 it says, now when the sun was going down. So it was like daytime. 
<laughs> oh, interesting. I, I hadn't seen that. That's man. Maybe crazy stuff is going on here. This, <laughs> uh, this is stuff. He's even looking up. He knows they're there. He can't see them, but he knows. He, he knows that they're there. And, but my point that I'm trying to make is that yeah, God had no. Uh, he had no basis for this claim. He just said, this is, this is what's going to happen. And from what Abraham's currently experiencing, it's like, well, a son is going to come from my own body. Yet it hasn't. Yet it hasn't. But God says it will. And mm-hmm. then it's followed by verse six. Ah, oh, this is, this is amazing. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Mm. He accounted it to him for righteousness. He believed in the Lord. He accounted it for him, to him. Yeah, credited to him. Credited to him. There's a few different words that the different translations use, uh, for this point. Accounted, credited. It's, it's ascribed to him, uh, as being righteous. And this is something that by biblical writers would go on in further books to make a huge point out of, like Abraham's faith in this moment, um, and how Abraham was righteous because of it. Um, well, you know, the further story of Abraham him offering up his son would be that people would uh, biblical writers would talk about that even further. I think we're talking about that tomorrow, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we are. But this initial instance of Abraham having faith yeah. and it being accounted to him as righteousness that he believed what God said he would do. Uh, and now it seems kind of crazy. It's like Abraham, why would you believe? Like God has just said that something would happen that hasn't happened. Yeah. But of course, you know, at the same time, like. Abraham is having a living experience with God. Mm. I feel like that kind of underlies all this point here. God hasn't come to Abraham and said, even though he did before, said he would have land and descendants, but God hasn't come to Abraham here, you know, just uh, willy-nilly. Abraham's just had the battle of his life. He's just been saving, capturing, rescuing, doing uh, warring, doing all kinds of things that he needed to rely on God fully for. And God comes in this moment, like, it's not perfect, Um but God, he makes this point. Like, he says, no, Abraham, like, it will happen. It will come to pass. Against all logic, all intuition, everything that he could see with his eyes and everything mm. even that his flesh feels, Abraham chooses to go against all of that and just trust God's will that God can and God would do what he, mm. in his weakness, could not do. Yeah, I love this too because this is kind of, you know, some people's view of Christianity and how, how faith works, and this is a very, like, Christians themselves, their view of some people's view of how faith works is like, oh man, if I just, if I just have enough faith, mm-hmm. if I just uh, believe hard enough, then it will happen. Um, then, it, you know, it'll manifest and God will make it happen in my life. But that's not even what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Like Abraham just makes a simple decision mm-hmm. to say, God, you know, you know what, like what you've said, I'm, I'm going to trust that it's going to happen. Yeah. He, he had, uh, it reminds me of a quote, and I hope I can remember it now that we're on radio, but uh, <laughs> faith is like being shipwrecked on God and being stranded on omnipotence. Wow. Like true faith. You, you're just completely helpless mm. and recognize your only help and hope is completely in Him. Yeah. And I feel like, again, this is where it gets back as we've been talking through this week about the faith of the covenant and how that's wrapped up in the sanctuary itself. You know, how we've given the illustration on radio, how you bring the lamb, you call it by name, you sacrifice it. um, And that lamb, it's innocent, but it represents the taking away of your sins. Uh, Jesus himself then becomes the lamb and the high priest. And he does the work in taking away your sins. He's the one. He becomes the sacrifice. He then becomes the 
intercessor. He stands in our place and then he, he does it all. And then he's the judge too. <laughs> he's standing in our place, judging his own righteousness himself. Yes. Like he truly does it all. But what's up our part to play? Well, what Abraham did. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Back to the text in verse 6. And he believed in the Lord and he, that is God, accounted Mm. it to him, Abraham, for righteousness. Mm. Believe. Yes. Believe. That's all we have. It's nice and simple, isn't it? Isn't it? We complicate things so much. We do. And sometimes we try and do the job of God, Mm -hmm. which I think... The rest of the story of Abraham kind of reminds us that he mm. tried a little bit that too. He, he forgot yeah. at moments. <laughs> His faith wavered. I guess we're going to see that like over at least tomorrow uh, and even a bit today when we when we see just, yeah, it doesn't work out perfectly. It, and this is, I feel like I love Abraham for that reason is that even though he believes in God, it's accounted to him in his righteousness. Abraham is then not immune from mistakes. We can relate. Yes. Oh, amen. We identify. 100%. Like, uh, you know, for me, I've been, I've been, uh, walking with the Lord as a Christian for, for five years now. Uh, Sharissa, for you, a lot longer than me, but just different context. But it's just like, man, you know, I am needing to come back to God and to believe in Him and having that belief being accounted for righteousness every single day because I constantly, and and we can all attest to this, constantly do things that would make it seem as though I don't believe. But God is so good. He's always standing in the place, always doing everything that he can. And we just need to come back and believe. Epic. So we're going to get back into our Bible study. We've kind of turned a bit of a corner here and we've looked at Abraham. How he believed it was counted to him as righteousness. And then I love, ah, oh, the Bible is so good. In Romans, particularly with Paul, Paul does this a lot, you know, calling back to old stories and commentating on them, essentially giving us divine commentaries, but also applications for, for our day, well, for his day, 2000 years ago, but that can apply to us living the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to read this. Uh, let's just start at Romans chapter four. And can you just read verse one? Just verse one. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? Okay, so that phrase there, uh, before we get into, you know, Abraham and finding according to the flesh, it says, what then shall we say? What then shall we say is usually a phrase that is given as, like, it's a summary. like Conclusive. A conclusive. He's thoughts. given a bunch of ideas, mm-hmm. and then he's like, okay, well, then what's the point? So I just want to, let's just just quickly, just quickly, we're going to read. Can you read for me, Sharissa? Um, Romans chapter 3, 27 to 31. All right. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of works? No, but by the floor of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith, apart from the deeds of the law. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. Mm. So, Paul, in this previous section, is making the point that everyone is justified by faith. Uh, and this is what we've just read about Abraham. Like, he, he had faith, it was accounting to him as righteousness. God did all the work, 
and it was counted to him as righteousness because he believed. And then Paul is making this point here. Oh, no one can boast that they did something special to get into heaven, whether circumcised or uncircumcised, no Mm -hmm. matter where they came from, for literally everyone. No, no one tried harder than anyone else to get into heaven. No, people just believed. People believed. They let God work in their lives. Um, They had then the fruits of that, obviously, you know, God working in your heart. Fruits come. um, Fruit of the Spirit. And and at the same time, there is definitely labor to be had. Like Paul himself talks all about that. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you know, being stranded at sea and shipwrecked. And and he says, like, it was hard. Like, Mm -hmm. the life of faith is difficult, but... Luckily, we didn't have to do anything in justifying ourselves. The mo- the hardest part has been done for us. Yeah. I like uh, someone I heard uh, give it an acronym for FAITH, F-A-I-T-H. Mm. Fantastic Adventures in Trusting Him. Wow, that's that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's- but like you said, the hardest part is just making that choice. Making that choice. That's for us. Anyway, so he makes this point. So no one can boast. No one can boast because God has done it all. We just believe. Then it comes to Romans chapter 4 and it starts talking about Abraham and how Abraham relates to this point. So let's just go through Romans 4. Let's start in verse 1 again and read to verse 5. All right. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Mm. Powerful stuff. Yeah, Yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> it is really beautiful. It, okay, so it makes a couple different points here that we're going to pull out of the text. Um, it asks a question initially, and I love when Paul does this, and I love when people do this, you know, when they're leading a Bible study or preaching a sermon, and they ask a question to provoke thought. Mm. And the first question here, in verse 2, it says, For Abraham was justified by works. Uh, he has something to boast about. Sorry. Um, and then in verse 3, it says, uh, Oh, Man, I really missed the mark with this one. I was, I was, I was reading. Okay, so ask a question in verse one. Uh, it says, Abraham, Abraham, our father has found, what has Abraham, uh, our father found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, um, but not before God. Um, yeah, essentially, uh, Paul is making the point here. He's asking the question and then answering himself. Yeah. Uh, essentially making the point that there is no point where Abraham can boast. That's okay. what Abraham found in his own experience. He discovered he had nothing to boast about. Yeah. And it, oh, I love that point too, because you just observe Abraham's life. Yeah, sure. He had times of extreme faith, mm-hmm. uh, but then he had times of extreme failure. Yeah. A, a, you know, uh, literally after Genesis 15, he's told that he will be given land and descendants, and then he's like, all right, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sleep with my uh, mate. Well, his wife told him that's what he should do. His wife told him, but again... Abraham had personal responsibility. He's trying to like help out God, trying to do it his way. And he ultimately, like that brings ruin and failure upon him. Um, and that creates contention that exists even to this day, um, between the two descendants. You wonder how different the world would be if he hadn't doubted or tried to do something there. Mm, So true. But it continues on here. It says like, um, for what does scripture say? Abraham believed and was counted to him as righteousness. Now to him who works, uh, yeah. So ultimately making this point about Abraham, he believed like 
That's what his lot was. But then it says here in verse 4, Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Mm-hmm. And then the next verse, But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Yeah, there's really two kinds of religion mm. or experience, religious experience that are described here. In the first, you see a view of salvation where it's a reward or, you know, like that's what wages are, reward, yeah. you know, you do something, you'll receive this wage. Mm-hmm. Or one that views salvation as an undeserved gift. Yes, wow. And that's what God is trying to teach Abraham yeah. and what he's demonstrated to all of us uh-huh. through his life. Dude, oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I, I feel like when I when I read this, and, I, and particularly when I observe Abraham, I'm like, man, does it get any better than this? Mm. And we would go on to see Abraham later in his life, and I believe this is something we're going to have time to talk about tomorrow, but later in his life when the challenge is brought before him and the, the example is given of sacrificing his son and then God stops him to ultimately make the point to Abraham that this religion is not the one that you know. This religion is not the one that came out of earth. This is not, you know, you don't have to give me anything for me to save you. Not even the life of your son, yeah. not a, th- you know, a thousand, not even all your lambs. Like the lambs are for your sake. Everything is for your sake. But ultimately, I have done everything for you. Yeah, it's powerful. It is powerful. And I believe that's the experience that we can have today, realizing God has done everything for us. We just need to believe. We now have, it's time for... Question of the day. All right, so the question of the day today, I'm going to just pitch it at you, Lawson. The question mm-hmm. comes to us, and it's from a young lady, and she would like to know, what does the Bible have to say about star signs? Okay, what does the Bible have to say about star yeah. signs? Well, initially, my thought is that they don't work. Okay. Uh, that, that's my well, she was wondering if they did. Yeah, well, this is this is my initial thought, and my initial thoughts, and I immediately go to the book of Daniel, but specifically Daniel t- chapter 2, uh, we have Nebuchadnezzar, he has a dream, he he dreams about this statue, and, and this is an amazing story that we've covered on Faith FM many a time. In fact, this is the most weathered page in my Bible, because I've given so many Bible studies out of Daniel 2, uh, know the chapter really well, so do many people. Uh, essentially, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, he wants to know the dream, and he asks, it says here, uh, the Chaldeans, the astrologers, the soothsayers, but particularly they take note of the, the astrologers. Now, the astrologers in 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 Nebuchadnezzar's uh, kingdom in Babylon were basically, th- their religion was completely based on astrology. And they is, they were the, we see they're the beginnings, not only of astrology, but astronomy itself. They charted out the stars and mapped their movements. It was a very precise science. They yep. did an incredible job. But Good then thing. they ascribed religious meaning to it. And in this particular case with Nebuchadnezzar, he goes to them and he asks them to tell them what his dream is and meant, and they have no ability to do so. They say, the flesh, you know, the gods do not dwell in the flesh. They cannot tell us no king has ever requested this. We have no information and knowledge for you. And it's Daniel who stands up uh, and gives information from God, from Yahweh, and says, uh, you know, 
soothsayers and astrologers who read the stars, they can't, you know, solve your problems. They can't give you the answers that you're looking for, but God can. So my initial answer is, I guess that they can't like, you know, like do star signs work? Uh, No, because they, they didn't for Nebuchadnezzar. That's what the Bible says. So true. But you had some, some thoughts there. Yeah. As um, I'm listening to you and just really loving what you just shared there from Daniel chapter two, how the Bible says, you know, Daniel said the, the astrologers couldn't help the magicians and the soothsayers but there is a god in heaven there's no doubt that god is the one who reveals the secrets but Mm. yeah as i'm listening to you i'm thinking of this verse and it's in deuteronomy chapter 4 and here in this chapter from about verse 15 onwards you know god's giving warning to his people through moses moses is sharing what god's telling them to be careful not to worship idols beware of idolatry and then listen to what it says here in verse 19 and 20 here it says and take heed lest you lift up your eyes or sorry lest you lift your eyes to heaven and when you see the sun the moon and the stars ding 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 all the hosts of heaven you feel driven to worship them and serve them which the Lord your God has given to all the peoples under the whole heaven as a heritage but the Lord not the stars the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace out of Egypt to be his people and inheritance as you are this day so I guess um, you know this is another reminder here we don't need to look to the stars for direction or Mm. leading or guidance we look to the maker of the stars wow (laughs) the one who made them and through the stars in space and just with the word of his mouth he creates the stars and the Bible says he knows them all by name mm. um, I think that's far more powerful than looking to stars for leading in your life look to the God who made them 100% and I guess the question then is how do we do that well the Bible says in First Timothy it says all scripture is given for for doctrine, for proof, um, but for instruction in righteousness. It, yes. It's like the Bible is incredibly clear that, oh, where do we go to get information from God? Where do we go to learn His will for our life and how we should live? Well, we can go to the Bible itself. Yes. God's Word, the manifestation of Him and His character, the stories that He wants to tell us today. Uh, it's all right here before us. That's so true. And as you're listening to his voice, he will direct you. Mm, amen. Awesome. Good, good question of the day this morning. Unfortunately, we have come to the end of our show. This that morning. went so quick. I know. Just <laughs> bam, it's gone. Uh, and that means that we're going to be joined by yourself and yeah. Darren Pratt this morning. So I've, I've just got to shout out, shout out Sharissa Terosia for coming <laughs> in this morning. And uh, you're going to have oh, more thanks. of her tomorrow. Also, huge shout out to Leah. She who's behind the desk yeah. right now doing an incredible job. Uh, you wouldn't know that she has absolutely no <laughs> experience in radio production and has been getting coached on the spot. No, she's doing <laughs> absolutely fantastic job. Um, but listen, we've come to the end of our show. Oh, I just quickly wanted to say a couple of things. The first one is that the answer to the quiz was Jesse, for those who didn't know. And yeah, f- shout out Freco from Minigog, who won the prize. Also, I just got information from my little sister. She does not have COVID. Oh, so wonderful. good for her. She can go back to work and, you know, sort <laughs> out her, 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 her events and whatnot. Um, but we also have a giveaway this morning. We do. All right. It's a book by Mark Finley. One of my oh, favorite authors. Epic. It's called The Thought Makers Ruling the World from Their Graves. What do Charles Darwin, Sigmund Freud and Karl Marx have in common? Give up? Well, the answer to these things is in this book and you want to get your hands on it. It's the Thursday giveaway. 
Awesome stuff. We have come to the end of our show this morning. And remember to spend time with Jesus every day. We've been spending time with him this morning, but you can do that all throughout your day. Remember to have a personal relationship with him and to also talk faith, live faith, and act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.